Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. I'm a licensed California broker. My broker's license is with Keller Williams International Realty in sunny Pasadena. I actually sell homes for a living. No, no, no. This is not my full-time job. We're here with you for the next hour talking about myth understandings of investing in real estate. Myth understandings, M-Y-T-H. There's eight of them. We're here again with Bruce Side who is the director of KW Commercial. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Mike. Glad to be here. Thank you for coming again. This has been great. Um, first, let's get through some business. This is a call-in show. We can be reached at one eight eight eight. go for it That's 888-463-6748. Again, 888-643-6748. You can also reach me on my personal cell phone, 888 888- 401-1555, 888-401-1555 is my personal cell phone. And my email is mikebell at kw.com. My website is themikebellteam.com, all one word. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Link in with me. Uh, you can Google me. You'll find me easily. And uh, <laughs> I had an interview last week. I had a really good interview question from a homeowner. And the homeowner asked me how many websites I have. And uh, I didn't know the answer. It's close to 100, though. So we, we make websites for every house. We huge Internet presence. Anyways, Bruce. Mike, I've seen your websites. They're great. <laughs> well, we had Bruce on a few weeks ago. We had a show called uh, Commercial Real Estate 101 and how real estate is what's called an ABLE investment, A-B-L-E investment. And we hit on eight points. Uh, real quickly, accessible, appreciable, leverageable, rentable, improvable, deductible, depreciable, deferrable, stable, livable, and there's a bonus, but you're going to have to listen to this show to get the bonus. Bonusable. <laughs> I think we called it. And not to correct the host, but it was uh, Investment Real Estate 101, not not commercial. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Commercial generally would be an apartment building five units or greater or a retail or office building, whereas many, many, most investors are going to start with a single-family home or a, or a two- to four-unit small apartment building. So we're, these principles apply across the board. Well, most of Bruce's business is working with investors, and he teaches a lot of in seminars. He's a mentor, loves what he does. This is an absolute natural form. Let's jump right into it. Shall we? Shall we? Yes. Myth understandings. Yeah, that's a. There's some old sci-fi books I used to read by a guy that uh, wrote all these books and used the word myth in them, and they were these old uh, fantasy tales. And he used myth perceptions, myth conceptions, myth understandings, and used all these words. And then uh, a really great book that um, Gary Keller wrote, who's founder of Keller Williams Realty. It's a investment book called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor, and Mike's holding it up now. Uh, it's it's a book I use in my teachings. It's a book I give to a lot of my clients. It's great to just get a good foundation of what investing in real estate and investing in general is all about. I think a lot of people have a lot of misunderstandings. And he, mm-hmm. I don't know if he coined the word, but there's some section of the book that talks about the misunderstandings uh, that 
we're going to talk about today. I thought these were great. I mean, we were talking about how you, you, you've read a lot of books, but yeah. a, a lot of them don't get into, I mean, some of this is the psychology, the way people think. And those books don't hit that. that that's, this, that's very, a lot very of important. Don't. There's a lot of how-to books out there. And uh, this conversation today isn't going to be so much a how-to as a uh, little bit of why you should and a little bit of looking at how you think about things because it really does affect your willingness, your ability, your risk tolerance. Uh, and uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting to realize that things that we may not even be aware of, how we grew up, uh, how our parents looked at money affect mm, us sure. in ways that you don't, we don't always realize. Oh, there's limiting b- beliefs. There's common doubts. There's fears. I think we're going to hit. We're going to try to hit. We'll them probably all. talk about all of them. I mean, one of the things I would ask first is, you know, first of all, do you invest? Not necessarily in real estate, which is our medium, but do you invest? And what are your thoughts on investing? And where did they come from? Mm-hmm. Did they come from how your parents invested? Or didn't invest? Sure. Do they come from the opinions of people, other people? And are they from people who don't invest? Um, it's funny that some of the people that seem to know the most about investing in real estate or think they know the most about investing in real estate have never invested in real estate. Um, and I think it, there's a lot of opinions out there that are fear-based, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily based on experience and on the knowledge that you and I possess in our industry. And it, it can be really dangerous. It can help people miss opportunities. Uh, it can shy people away from getting into investments that otherwise would have changed their life. And uh, like we talked about in our in our last show was we talked about the uh, the stock market as a whole is is an industry and, a, and an investment vehicle that everybody's familiar with. We see ads on TV for the big investment companies. We hear about it on the financial radio. We all we really hear about real estate is is the market going up or down and, and how how many people are losing their homes. And that's not really related to investing in real estate. Um, so real estate is um, its a vehicle that, that certainly has a lot of uh, – excuse me. It's a, it's a vehicle that certainly has a lot of – I'm missing the word here um, – well, able reasons to invest sure, and, sure. And, and a lot of benefits to it over other types of investment. But it's probably – one of the investment vehicles that is, it's broadly known, but it's not specifically known. And people really form opinions about it. I remember the very first time I, I told my father uh, I was buying my very first investment property. It was about 12 years ago. And his first question was a fear-based question. It was, what are you going to do if your tenant moves out? Well, Dad, I'm going to re-rent it. Well, what if sure. you can't rent it? Well, you can always rent something at some price. And, and whether or not that makes sense to that investment really kind of comes down to how how well did you buy it? We talked about buying on the buying it right the first time makes um, tripping on my words here. I'm sorry. Buying it right. If you buy it right, you have a, a, a greater ability to weather the ups and downs mm-hmm. of, of something. But it was immediately it was fear based. Here's a guy who invested in mutual funds and company pensions his whole life and looked at real estate as, oh, it's so risky and it's so there's so much that can go wrong and you have to take care of someone else's clogged toilets and sure. you have to fix everything that breaks and it's bad enough I have to do that for my own house and you have to, and well, that's not always true depending on how you set up your rental property sure. or investment properties. Sometimes it is, but I, I've never plunged a toilet for a tenant. I've never even met one of my tenants. They're all, all my properties are professionally managed. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is analyzed up front, so we know 
what kind of budget we have, what kind of risk tolerance we have. Um, and it's a lot of that has to do with, like we said, what well, is your understanding of investing? We were also, I think one of the operative words, operative words is depends. I have people constant. I'm on the phone all the time and they, now they say, Oh gosh, the market must be great for you. Well, it depends. It, it depends if you're, depends. if you're representing buyers or if you're, if you're representing sellers or if you are a buyer or you're a seller or you're an investor. It really depends. It's, it's a good market for somebody always. It, it always is. There's opportunity all the time. It also depends on your strategy. It is. And we're going to talk about the opportunities that are out there. It's going to be later on down in the list here of the things we want to go over today. But uh, very, very important. There are opportunities in every market. And we'll talk about that again in a minute. It's funny how people will, I, I when the market was, I guess, not doing so great, depending on <laughs> what you're, how you were looking at it. But I had actually, I've had people say, I feel sorry for you that you're in real estate. And why? This is there's so much opportunity here. It depends on which side of the table we're on when we're looking at it. You know, there is there is always people buying and selling property for a multitude of reasons. Investors will buy in every type of real estate market because opportunities exist in every type of real estate market. Um, Homeowners will buy and sell in every type of real estate market. So whether it's a seller's market or a buyer's market isn't necessarily the most important thing when it comes to investment real estate. And when you look at our last big bubble that happened in certain parts of the country, mm-hmm. it was a uh, it was a seller's market and all the buyers were jumping in and people were pushing yeah. prices up and money was really cheap and you could get a loan if you could breathe. And uh, put it put a lot of people into a lot of positions where they, the frenzy took over and they didn't really look at what they were buying or where they were buying or what the... Uh, upsides or downsides. Well, the fundamentals were out of whack because traditionally this has been a long-term investment and we got, everybody got to thinking that it's a a short-term, you know, way to make fast cash. Yeah, like a a flip property. It never never really happened before. No, and a flipper, for example, tries to get in and out as quick as they can, but there was a market here in Southern California at one point where the longer you took to do your flip, the more money you were going to make because it comes down to carrying costs when you're flipping something and how quickly Mm -hmm. can you turn it over. And uh, I, there's a flip I did. I took over two years to do it because every month the property was going up several thousand dollars. It was it broke all the rules, but it was not everybody realized it was breaking all the rules, and people kind of got caught in bad positions. So should we jump into what Let's jump in. Myth number one. Jumping in. Okay, so the first three are kind of personal, uh, not really related to real estate specifically, but related to your view of investing and, and mm-hmm. how people feel about investing. So the first one is um, – and these are taken, again, right out of that book, so just to give credit where credit is due. First one is, I don't need to be an investor. My job will take care of my financial wealth. Um, a lot of us may know differently now, but that was the thought 50 years ago. That's mm-hmm. what that's what you worked for your company. You paid into the pension. You retired. You got a, a good pension, and it took care of you. Um, I, I would say you do need to be an investor because your job is not going to take care of you anymore. Social Security is not going to take care of you. Um I, I think, first of all, most people can never save enough money just off of the money that they earn at their job to retire well, comfortably. Most people can't even – it's just – it's tough to manage your money. I mean, look at Mike Tyson. How many times did he file bankruptcy? He was the highest paid athlete for years. Yeah. So many of these athletes, so many of these – everybody knows about these stories. I think he was worth – I think he made over $20 million in one year and then at one point had over $23 million in debt or something crazy like that. About, about managing his money. And we can go on and on, but you know, money management is, is covered in another talk zone channel. But it, it doesn't necessarily create wealth for you. 
Right. It's it, not job. Having a job is not an investment. It's a means to being able to invest. It's sure. a place to make Absolutely. money to make that first investment. And then from there, you want your investments to work for you. Um, Key. When I yes. retire, I want more when I retire than I have right now. I mean, most people, as we as we get older and as we have more life experience, we want to do more things, and we yeah. don't want to retire and have to downsize and live on a on a smaller income. And the only way to do that is to plan very early on or as early as possible and to invest your money, I think. Well, most people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. Exactly. There you go. Uh, yeah. And the yeah, words that we use, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, the book that talked about the words we use to describe money. We call people filthy rich. We say it's dirty yeah. money. He's stinking rich. Money has a lot of very negative yeah. uh, connotations to it, and and it shouldn't be. There's a, there's a lot of really good things that money can do, both for all of us personally, and then for the people around us and and beyond. Um, making a lot of money can can provide provide a very false sense of security. I have friends who make a lot of money and they don't invest it; they spend it. They have great mm-hmm. cars, great trips, great houses, but they're not really doing much that's going to benefit them should that all end in a, in a, in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, people get ill. People have tragedies in their lives. People, Your job is not necessarily the ultimate security. Um, neither are your investments necessarily, but a combination of both. It's, mm-hmm. it's just really good planning. I think a small, really small percentage of people can actually earn enough money that they can save enough and then retire on it. And those would probably be limited to the super high-paid actors and athletes and executives and attorneys sure. that, that, that are making so much money that they can put away such a small amount and then retire with a good income. Most of us never hit that level of, of earning, so we have to plan for it. Uh, and people spend in proportion to their income. So the more money you make, you buy a nicer car. Sure. Uh, you and I were just talking about this before the show. You you buy a bigger house. We're not necessarily taking that extra money and investing it as a society. We're just consuming more. Well, you're on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we're going to go into the next break. Thanks, Bruce. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. Mike Bell with Bruce Side, Director of KW Commercial. We had a little technical difficulties with our satellite feed through Mars and Saturn. We're <laughs> it's throughout Chicago. the universe. Actually, I was oh, talking Chicago. to your producer uh, when we were on a break. Yeah. He talk. I was talking about who's li- who's out there listening. He said your your listenership is really growing. Congratulations! On uh, that. He told me a few weeks ago we're at we have twenty five hundred listeners. So I don't know who they are, but I I actually get a lot of feedback on my LinkedIn account. It's nice. I get nice feedback. People are saying that it's very good information. Good. People sending you presents yet? Not yet. Okay, it's coming. Not one present. Somebody sent me a present. Let's jump into this. Uh, myth understandings were on number two, right? Yeah, but one more comment on the first yeah. one. Uh, I think what's important is a lot of people have other people managing their money. That was the Mike Tyson issue that we yeah. mentioned is somebody else managed his money. He had no idea what was going on. I think it's very important to be where your money is, at least in an intellectual level, mm-hmm. uh, not just blindly turn your money over to someone. Yeah. And that goes for any kind of investment, including real estate. You have to have a basic understanding of what is going on with your money and how the different uh, different um, stimulus can affect that. That's what scares me personally so much about the stock market is I don't possibly uh, have the ability to understand all of these companies and what they're doing at any given time. 
Um, so real estate makes a lot more sense to me because it's practical and I can have an understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And it can be very, very complicated, but for a beginning investor, it's very easy to understand the basics. And we'll, we'll certainly talk more about that. I think we have some other shows planned in the future, but yeah. here we're just talking about those big misunderstandings. So. Well, myth number two, I don't need or want to be financially wealthy. I'm happy with what I have. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. If you That's like- good. If you don't have money, you might say that. But yeah. And I don't think money is everything, but... There's a lot of good you can do with money. You you can't possibly know what your life will throw at you in the future. Yeah. How, how do you know how much money you're going to need? I mean, can you have yeah. too much money? I guess is the question. Can you? That's a good problem to have. But yeah, look you know. at all the things you can do with too much money. Uh, you, there's a you can help other people besides you know first we take care of ourselves and we take care of our family and we can take care of other people mm-hmm. um, or bury it in a hole. And, you know. Unfortunately, most people retire practically broke. That's just the, the sad Yeah, and fact. we don't know what our needs will be. We don't know what our health is going to be like. We have, uh, I mean, this is interesting. We, we have uh, insurance for unforeseen circumstances. We have auto insurance, home insurance, mm-hmm. uh, medical insurance, disability insurance, life insurance. But investments are almost, they're another form of insurance. It's, yeah. it's going to make sure that I'm going to be taken care of later in life or even now beyond what my job can provide for me and my family. Well, I think most people... They just they don't plan to fail, but they just fail to plan. Yeah, and you've got to have a, you've got to have a plan. Sure, you've got to um, do something. I mean, people a lot of people say, well, well, I just I'll live within my means. I mean, there's countless books out there, people talking about how to live within your means. Mm-hmm. There's the other side of that is you can live within your means, but you can also pursue your dreams, mm-hmm. and you can you can shoot for the moon. Uh, you just have to start somewhere and you have to make sure you have an understanding and that you're not you that you realize that investing is a long term approach. This yeah. is not an overnight get rich quick you aren't this is not winning the lottery. This is building your wealth. And it we talked about a an example in our last uh, interview we had which was that penny example where it penny a penny compounded uh doubled every day for 30 days adds up to more than 10.7 million. Yeah. And, and that's a very that's a hundred percent return. So if every day you could get a hundred percent return on your investment, a penny will turn into ten million dollars. But we're not going to get a hundred percent. I tried that. I, yeah, I ran out. It works until you got to. I ran know, out a few things. hundred. <laughs> yeah, I mean we 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 also look at all the bad things that can happen in yeah. our lives that we need. Oh, I, what if I have a, a a parent with failing health that needs to move in with me? What if? Um, my health is failing. What if yeah. I lose my job? We we want we talk about planning for all these bad things. We don't always look at the good things. What if your child is identified as a super gifted athlete and needs to be in a uh, a sports program that's going to be expensive and costly with lots of travel? What if a, an opportunity comes along for a, a great opportunity for you and you need X number of dollars to be in it and you can't be in it because you didn't have the right investment? So there's there it's not all about protecting yourself against the bad things that can happen. It's also about opening yourself up to the good things that can happen. Well, myth number three, I just can't do it. Yeah, well, what do they say? Whether you can or uh, whether you say you can or say you can't, you're right. Yeah, whatever you say, yeah, it's a little philosophical, but whatever you tell yourself, yeah, it, it, it's true. It, it's true. You cannot predict what you can do unless you've already set your mind to the fact that you're not going to be able to do it. If you sit there and tell yourself you're not going to invest, you can't real invest in real estate and real estate is a horrible investment, I doubt very much you're going to be a successful investor. You're not even going to be an investor. You've got to At start all. somewhere. You have to start by saying, now, I don't know, has real estate created more wealth than any other investment vehicle? For I think that probably depends on the person. Probably depends on the person, but... 
Sure, it's easy to sit there and point to the stock market and all these other things, but... Well, here's an interesting steady. scenario. I, in my lifetime of investing, yeah. I started investing when I was probably 15 years old. My dad got me on track with investing in mutual funds, and that's I didn't understand the stock market, but I knew over time, if you know someone who was getting paid a lot of money to manage these funds, I would make money over time. Yeah. The money that I've invested into the stock market is significantly more than the money that I've actually invested into real estate, the actual money out of my pocket mm-hmm. into those investments. Yet the the wealth that I hold in real estate is significantly greater sure. than the wealth that I hold in, in my stock investments. So for me, I've made a lot more money off of real estate and performed a lot better. But I also understand real estate. I had a set criteria. I was buying things and I buy things that, that fit the mold. They fit what I'm looking for. Whereas when I buy a stock, I'm just, it's to me, it's like gambling. I'm kind of just hoping. Uh, what was the stock? Was it Google that sold for $600 a share before it was even profitable? Um, that you're never going to buy a piece of real estate. You never should buy a piece of real estate that isn't going to be profitable mm-hmm. from day one. And it's a lot more predictable, which kind of goes back to that, that first car. And I'm not telling people not to invest in the stock market. I think you need to be uh, diversified, but I do think it's important to understand what you're investing in. And I think a lot of people's fear of real estate is that they, they hear the horror stories. They don't hear the upsides. Everybody knows someone who's lost money in real estate. I know a lot more people who've made money in real estate, but that's just because of the people I'm, I have in my life and the, and the people that are my clients. So it's really a perceptional issue. I I totally agree. And we talked about, sometimes people think you have to know everything, right? Well, I I don't know enough to get in. And you and I were talking about this. There's uh, that acronym that they used in this book we talked about is ATM, which Mm -hmm. is ability, time, and money. You can be heavy in all three of those areas. You can be light in all three of those areas. But but you don't have to be 100% in all three of those areas. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have all the time in the world. You don't have to have all the money in the world. Mm -hmm. But as, as you get in and as you grow... If you can increase your knowledge, if you can increase the time that you have, and if you can increase the money that you have in any capacity, if you just work it out as a simple math formula, you can significantly increase your growth uh, on any sort of investment that you do. Well, we all have the ability comes from the knowledge and the the, the practical side of it. Where do I go to invest? Where do I start? The time is how much time you have. Well, we're in. We're on a myth three, and this is perfect. We have a caller. And myth three is I just can't do it. All right, Angela, you're on. You're on the air. Thanks for calling. Uh, hi, Mike. Um, I'm listening to your show, and I can't help but wonder uh, where do I start because I'm trying to save for money for a down payment on a first time uh, home buyer. I'm glad you're listening to the show. Uh huh. So you're you're trying to save money just to buy a house, and you're thinking about now how do we th- how do we do investments? Mm hmm. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that I do with all my clients, I mean, that that first house that you buy could very well and maybe should be an investment that you have long term. If you have kids or something like that, that can pay for itself over time. After, say, that's a starter home, I'm assuming, if you're starting out. That's the idea. That's what they call it. Maybe you stay there for three or four or five years and you pay the mortgage down a little bit. And then you get a renter. Yeah, my first house was a a, a condo I owned that I lived in. And three years later, I worked for a state university. My job was cut, and I moved on, and I moved 150 miles away. The market wasn't a great one to sell in, so I kept the property as a rental property. And owned it as a rental property for about seven years, got all the benefits of that. For for the most part, it was a good 
investment, but I became this accidental landlord. I didn't go out and purposely look for that as an investment property, yeah. but uh, there's a lot of people that get into real estate like that. A- Angela, thank you very much. It's time to take a break, and we're here on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and thanks for listening, and we'll be right back. And now more of the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to my show, the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Bruce Side, Director of KW Commercial, and we're talking about myth understandings. We're on number four. Well, we were just on... Actually, we're, those were the three that related to the personal side of investing as yeah. a whole, and now we can jump into the myths about real estate investments. Well, myth number one is that it's complicated. Says you. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. It, it, but think about this. Um, I would say it's not complicated. I think everything that you don't understand seems complicated at first. Think sure. back to what Anything. math was like or learning how to spell or sure. driving a car. I, this is a great example. Uh, again, pulled from this book, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. I like to credit it because I got some great ideas out of this mm-hmm. book that I talk to people about. You don't have to understand the anatomy and the workings of a car and everything that goes into the engine to know how to drive a car. But you do have to understand the, the basics of what you need to do to drive a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's complicated until you understand it. But I would say, to me, it's second nature. It's super simple. Somebody who's never been exposed to it and hears everything at once, it, it can be a little overwhelming. It can be complicated. Um, I know a guy who's an investor who once said it's like a buffet line. You know, you, you don't have mm-hmm. to go up and grab everything all at once. You take what you want at that particular time. And I think that... Any subject can be approached that way, and you just take little pieces and what you're ready for. Rather than the fire hose. And how do you know what you're ready for comes down to are you doing this by yourself or are you doing this with the guidance of a real estate professional who's going to walk you through this? That's what I do with my clients. That's what you do with your buyers and sellers. And you, you, I'm a big advocate of having somebody that can walk you through this, that's been down the road before, that knows where they're going instead of walking through the dark with a flashlight. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it also comes right down to if you're an expert at this you know, you're a commercial guy. I would use, I use you. <laughs> As somebody's in the seller house, they should use somebody like me. Absolutely. I, because we do it over and over and over again. It actually is, it's almost like second nature for us. Uh, absolutely. And it's, it was it's very, com- it was very complicated for me when I did, when I started 20 years ago, it was very difficult. It oh, was there's a hundred things involved with uh, oh, representing a, a seller hundreds. on a house. So. There's 400 things. It's all these dots that you have to connect and all these different scenarios and problems that you could possibly have. I mean, you really need to understand all of them. There's a lot of folks out there, unfortunately, that are in our business that still can't connect the dots. They don't yeah. quite understand it all. And it has to be broken down simply. When it comes yeah. to investment, if you get into something that's complicated that you don't understand, uh, because I qualified on my online brokerage account once, I was allowed to play with stock options. I lost more money clicking around and gambling with stock options, not really understanding them. And it was literally like gambling for me. And sure. one day I made money and one day I didn't. But you do have to have an understanding. And I wouldn't do that again knowing what I know now. Uh, so the second one, the best investments require knowledge most people don't have. That's not really true. Well, I think I think the best investments for you are always going to be in an area that you do understand. You're not going to know if it's the best investment until you look back at it later and go, oh, that was a good investment. Sure. My best investments always have been in things that I did understand and the things that I didn't understand that I that I dangerously played with or put my money in someone else's hands turned out to be my worst performing investments. 
Uh, I haven't hit a home run with every investment I've made or nor all the clients or all the other investors I know. But for the most part, if you understand them, you have a much better chance of being successful of them. We, we kind of rule out the risk. Yeah. Um, and it's like a shot in the dark. It's like if you were shooting free throws and the lights were off, could you make as many of them as you could if the lights were on? Yeah. You know, so. Uh, well, I don't know if that'll help me, actually. Because you can't play basketball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, uh, Warren Buffett is a, an investor everyone's heard of. And one of the things he talks about is during the big uh, tech boom, he was sitting out the tech. He didn't understand tech stocks. He didn't get into buying those companies. He sat out of the stocks. And then the thing went off a cliff and. And he wasn't hurt for it at all. So um, his criteria there was invest in what you understand. And he understands a certain sector of the market, and that's where he invests his personal money, and that's where he invests his company's money. And that's important for, for any investment that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell people the same thing. Invest in something that you that you understand, that you enjoy, that's close. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of facets that we're gonna we'll be talking about in other future shows. What you should think about. And it's actually but, a lot more fun if you do understand it. It is fun. You're not just sitting back with a lottery ticket waiting for your number to hit. I mean, that's one of the things I just kind of off the cuff said. It's something that you enjoy. You should enjoy this. It's actually very yeah. enjoyable. I mean, there's so many people that have just gotten into this business and they've quit their job and they're full-time professional real estate investors. Absolutely. And they're doing it now. They did it two years ago and they're going to do it over the next few years. Everybody, there's so many people that think it's just a bad time. We've missed the timing. And I think w what's important to, to restate is you do not have to be a full-time real estate investor to be a successful real estate investor. You just have to know if you're not going to spend your, your 40 hour work week pursuing properties, at least uh, have your job, but have somebody that does do that full time, yeah. like you and I. We find yeah. those opportunities for people. Um, I'm also an investor. I have people in other parts of the country. If they find a good deal, they call me up. Hey, are you interested in this? Do you know somebody who's interested in this? Um, you don't. I don't have to pursue investing full time to take advantage of it and and grow my wealth and my future stability because of it. I mean, if you're listening to the show and you don't have any money, but you know of a really good deal, there's a million ways to do that deal. Absolutely. And and, pe and and people will throw money at you, help you, and you can partner up with somebody and put it together. Yeah, it's that great of a deal. Jumping back to that that ATM acronym we talked don't about. Don't let it go. You don't yeah. necessarily have to have money. You can yeah. bring a deal to the table, and and there are ways to structure it where you can uh, you can receive equity or ownership in a property by simply identifying the property for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a lot of ways we could do. Lots and lots of talking on the creative ways to do it, but you, you don't always have to have the 20, 25% down investment that you need to buy an investment property yourself. Well, we're talking about how it might be complicated. Now, next myth, investing is risky. I'll lose my money. Oh my yeah, gosh. that was like what my That's dad said to me when I told him I'm buying a, my first investment was a three-bedroom, two-bath house that... Uh, was a rental property, and I told him I was buying it, and he was like, oh, you're, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. It, what happens? Well, I think a lot of us feel like in, in investing is risky and that real estate investment might be real risky. But if you look up investments or invest in the dictionary, you're not going to see the word risky put in there. That's something that, that society has brought to the table. The actual definition, I looked this up. Uh, I don't remember which dictionary it was. The actual definition was to commit money in order to gain a financial return. Mm -hmm. Well, where, where's the risk part of that? The risk part of it is by doing that without knowing what you're doing or having a basic understanding of the yeah. investment. But I don't, I don't look at it as risky. I think not investing 
is risky. Not investing in real estate for me is risky because it's what I understand and what I should be investing in. And what if I didn't invest? I, I walk into the bank and I see that a 10-year CD is paying 1% right now. Your money won't even keep up with inflation. You have to invest to, to be better off than you are today in the future. I mean, in, in our marketplace here in Pasadena, you can pretty much buy almost any piece of real estate in Pasadena at market rate if you paid cash, okay, and you're still going to earn probably 10 times more than you can earn in the bank on a return. Now, in the bank, I mean, it's kind of unfair, but they're, they're paying right. 0.1%. But you can still get 1%, 2 and 3%. Well, 10 times return. more than that, 1.1% okay. is only 1%. <laughs> so you're probably making 40 The thing is, oh, I said at least, I think. Yeah. But, but the, the, the point is, is that it's, it's still out there. The, the, you can still do it, but you just need to play with your you – you need to work harder at getting better deals out there. Yeah, and, and in real estate, we, we try to minimize the risk and we try to maximize yeah. the return, and that's true with any investment. So one of the things with real estate is we buy it right. We buy it with sound criteria. Mm-hmm. Your criteria might be based on the area you buy in, the type of property you buy in. Are they houses versus apartments or retail? Are they uh, are they small apartment units? Are you basing it on the type of tenant? I have people that only invest in uh, properties that are Section 8 uh, tenant properties, which is where the city automatically direct deposits the money into your account. They feel they're the safest, most stable investments around. There are other people that feel that those carry extra risk with them. They think they're horrible, some people. Oh, I have an investor. We have a, I have a client of mine. They have 65 units almost. They want Section 8. They want mm-hmm. that. Very stable as far as uh, the, the rent gets paid on time. They don't move as often. There's a lot of upsides to that. Sure. But then there's a lot of people that say, oh, they're lower-income families. They're, they're not going to be good tenants. I just think that's that's. Well, they don't know. Do it's they, ignorant. They're, they don't know enough about it to, to well, they're not understand the benefits. If you talk to an investor that has Section 8 folks, I've never heard of one saying they're horrible. Yeah, I have a, I have one property I've never. had for about eight years, a house, uh-huh. and I've had a Section 8, same Section 8 tenant for eight years. Never moved. I've never dealt with a vacancy. I've never had to paint or replace the carpet. It has been the, one of the easiest investments out of my entire portfolio, whereas a lot of people would say, no Section 8. And I'm not advocating that that's the right investment for everybody, but it's about it's about understanding to, to minimize the risk. Why my properties aren't, I don't feel like they're risky. And my comment back to my dad was, I have accounted for vacancy. I've accounted for reserves for large capital improvements like a water heater or a, a, a roof that needs replacement. I've accounted for maintenance. I've accounted for zero appreciation. If that property makes sense today and it never appreciates, does it make sense? If I buy a property that puts money in my pocket and gives me a, just to say a five to 10% return on my investment and I, and if it never goes up, I'm still making that same return. That's a great investment to me. If it goes up, my return can double or triple because of the leverage I get from the bank. A lot of us got into trouble by expecting that high appreciation, which doesn't always come. Well, I have a property that we bought at the height of the market and we're still upside down on the property. There's that we have a tenant, they're paying the rent, and but and every month we're paying our what we call the nut. We pay our nut. Okay, we don't make any money every month, but we're looking at this investment actually for schools for my kids, and so we're projecting out 15 years, which is when they'll be ready for school, and we project this thing. We project this out 15 years. We're actually going to make. We're going to do very well. We'll be paying it down, and if real estate appreciates at a meager two percent a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, just throw it. It's a crazy little number, 2%, when it really has been, for the last few decades, been averaging quite a bit more than that. Yeah. We're going to be fine. But it is it is a knee-jerk reaction sometimes. Look at that and go, we're upside down. Let's do a short sure. sale. 
I have a couple and properties. My credit? I'm Why clearly upside down on, and but I'm putting I'm putting several hundred dollars in my pocket every month from that property. They still get investment. Though. I'm paying my loan down several hundred dollars a month from because the tenant's rent is paying yeah. it down, and I don't have to sell it, so it's worth twenty percent less than I paid for it. Okay. It doesn't matter what's uh, on the paper right now. It depends on when you're selling it. Depends, 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 depends. Well, you're on the Mike Dell Real Estate Show, and we're going to go into the next break. Thanks, Bruce. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. We're here at the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we're here with Bruce Side, the director of KW Commercial. We're talking about myth understandings, and we're going to jump right into uh, that we have two left. This is great. Um, successful investors are able to time the market. Yeah. My, we, talk, we kind of talked about this. Buy low, sell high, right? That's the big uh, the big mantra. That's how we've been programmed. Um, yeah, I would I would put out there that I think it's possible to make money in any market if you buy it right. Now, clearly, if you buy at the absolute peak of a bubble and sell at the absolute bottom, you're going to lose money. Sure. But that's true with any any investment. Any investment requires capital outlay. So when I talked about buying it right, we talk about even if I'm buying at the peak of the market, I've accounted for the cash flow and the debt pay down I'm going to get on that particular property. And if the cash flow I'm going to make and the pay down of the debt equals a return that I'm comfortable with, it doesn't matter where the value of my property is. Now, granted, we'd love to buy a property for 100000 and sell it for 200000 but it wouldn't matter if you bought a property for 100000 and it became worth 50000 yeah. if you had enough time to hang on to that investment. I have a really good friend of mine, one of my best friends, and he just overanalyzes everything. And he's the um, same age as me. I'm, I'm 23. <clears throat> no, I'm 43. But he's never bought a property in his life because he overanalyzes everything and he throws out worst-case scenarios and he has these short windows that he wants to be able to have some kind of a decent return on. And I keep telling him there's never a perfect time to start. You just got to, you really have to jump in and you have to look at this as a long-term investment. Well, boy, I wish when I was 15 and my father convinced me to invest in mutual funds, I wish I had the means to invest in real estate at that point because it would have been, uh, would have been unbelievable. And related to the timing, we talked about, um, I mean, we've all heard timing is everything. Well, that's, absolutely true. But when it comes to real estate investment, you kind of have to forget all about that because the timing is going to find you. I, I believe that we need to be ready at all times. And when the opportunity comes up, we're ready to pull the trigger. Yeah. And, and um, there's just so many common doubts and fears out there. And a lot of those, you know, and that's unfortunate, but a lot of those doubts just don't go away on their own. That's true. That's true. And I think, I think again, and not to bring it back to working with a professional, but if you've worked with someone that has a proven track record, that has their own investments, that has helped multiple other people uh, invest and understand things, you just have to get started and you have to have a basic understanding of, of what you can do and what you might qualify for. And everyone's situation is different. If somebody with a lot of wealth came to me, the investments I might steer them towards would be completely different than if somebody who was just starting out came to me. I think you just you need to be active. You need to work with a professional. And there are opportunities in all market areas, in all sectors of the market, in all cycles of the market. And we all talk about you know buy at the yeah. low. We, you don't know where the low is until you look back on it and say, oh, that was the low. I have uh, hey Dave, our producers in Chicago. Uh, we were chatting about this a little bit earlier. Dave, can you hear us? 
<laughs> you should yeah, be able Mike. to hear us. <laughs> How are you? If you can't hear us, we have a problem. Mike, you, yeah, we have a huge problem if you can't hear us. <laughs> One of the comments you had was, all the real estate agents get all the good deals, and you can't time the market, and it's kind of, I mean, that's that was kind of the gist of your comment. Well, yeah, Dave. exactly, exactly. You've got the inside info that we normal folk don't have. Yeah, but we don't have all the money to buy to buy all those deals. That's funny. It's, it's almost not like true. Most agents, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but no, most agents don't have that much money. Most did, agents are not that successful. Did you show Dave the list? Because this actually no. is number five, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, number eight. No, well, five number five on the real section, estate. Yeah, yeah. Um, number eight overall. It's a great. It's a great question, and it gets thrown to me all the time. I have opportunities all the time that I don't have the ability to invest in because I don't have the liquid capital and my money's tied up somewhere else or I can't find the right investor to put to it. And it's just a matter of, um, yes, real estate agents should be looking for investments, but I will tell you that out of a 1,000 real estate agents, maybe 50 of them are actually investors and owner, owner an investment property. It's that's just, a, that's it's, way too high. That's too high, 25? That's 5%. I mean, no, it's no. unbelievable that, that, that people in our industry are not taking advantage of the opportunity that they have. And there's a commission on the line for a real estate agent, which means if they buy their own property, they have even more money to put down. Well, on a national level, 80, 80% of the agents do 20% of the business. And 20% of the agents do 80% of the business. And of the And you're one of those 20%. Oh, I hope so. But uh, only half of those, uh, with ten percent of of the ag- the active agents do easily ninety percent of the business. So it's really it, it's. I would say it's probably. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one or two percent of all active uh, licensees in the United States are actual investors. It's interesting, and I see people that are working with investors, and they they aren't investors themselves, and. I don't know that that necessarily speaks to their credibility or, or where they came from or what their means have been, but but I, as the best investment opportunity out there for somebody in our industry, I just don't understand why more people aren't pursuing it. And we do live in a very expensive area, so it does take more money in Southern California to become an investor in real estate, but we're not limited to Southern California when it comes to where we can help people grow their wealth. Yeah, absolutely. Bruce, we need to talk about how people reach you before we run out of time. And then we'll cram number oh, five. Oh, by the way, there. Dave, thank you. <laughs> Bruce, how do we reach uh, you? Reach me. I have a phone number. It's 626 <laughs> 204-3399. You don't have a telegraph? Like they, I don't. They just shut down in India? I you do have use- a fax machine that I haven't <laughs> used in about four years. But uh, Also, an email address for me is my first and last name, Bruce Side, B-R-U-C-E-S-E-I-D. At gmail.com is probably the best one. And I'm always happy to take questions or scenarios from people. Mike, should we do number five, which kind of is just a little bit of a spinoff of what yeah. Dave just asked. All good investments are taken. Yeah. Every market, every time there's good investments. And here's the truth. All good investments will be taken. Yesterday's deals are gone, but mm-hmm. tomorrow's deals haven't hit the market yet. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to be educated and be ready and be prepared to pull the trigger when an opportunity comes your way. Um, we're going to talk about some of my future shows. I got a great confirmation from uh, an amazing guest. Not, yeah, I mean, you're 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 right up there, Bruce. But this is Leslie Appleton Young. She's the chief economist for the California Association of Realtors. Uh, every publication on the West Coast, they go to her for. You have every, her coming to your I, to the I, Mike Bell. Radio I have her booked show? for my show in about about four shows from now. 
How exciting is that? That's pretty exciting. She she actually contacted me to show her a property a few weeks ago on my wife's birthday. And my wife let me out <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I don't know if your listeners know, but she's pretty big time. She's the one that everyone uh, looks huge. to. What is the real estate market going to do in California? She's got a very big job. Yeah, and, and, uh, and she's been there for, uh, I think it's at least 10 years. That's fantastic. You've got, that's, your, that's your first true celebrity. Well, aside from you. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. You're going to do more shows with us? We're going to put you <laughs> I would in the love air right to. now. Okay. Excellent. 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I have no shortage of words. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> this has been great. Um, um, so our other, we're going to have other shows. We're going to, I, I actually have to finish up a segment on, uh, the best questions to ask your real estate agent. I, we're going to, we're working on a segment right now with an attorney on how to cancel your transaction <laughs> or your listing because I, it happens all the time. I, I can't really help people cancel their transaction. Um, I don't feel when like they, you mean when they're with an agent and they uh-huh. decide they really would rather work with Mike Belty. It's not that, or maybe they just want out. No. It, the agent's probably doing is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, so I can't really advise people on those specifics. But we can talk about in general terms can I, can what I, your agent should be doing. Can I get you to tease something related to one of those future sure. things? I have a property right now. I'm looking for an agent to sell, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of people I'm talking to. It's an out of state investment property. What do you think would be the number one thing I should ask that potential agent to sell my property? It's a four unit building. Um, First of all, I would use somebody who sells a lot locally that has a track record that's willing to give you at least 10 or 20 testimonials from past clients. And I I just believe in using the top, top people. Now, unfortunately, some of the top, top people in every marketplace, you're just not going to jive with them. And they might be uh, rough around the edges. Or they're too busy for your small problem. I mean, Mike, would you? Maybe they're too busy, but uh, I'm not. I mean, I have... I have a transaction right now at 1.3 million, and I have another one at. I think the lowest one we have is at 2.99. That closes next week, and I have little leases. That's just fine. Leases that you make like almost nothing on. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I make a lot on it because uh, I do a fantastic job. I lease them out faster than any other realtor in town. I invest a lot of money, and and guess who they're going to call when it's time to sell. So. I make a lot. Good, <laughs> good way, business planning. I think it's a great, yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier before, but about 10% of my listing appointments, when I come to somebody's house, I wind up converting them. and I Basically, I don't get the listing, but I do list their house for lease. You talk them out of selling their them, house? I talk them out of selling their house. It's not really the best thing for them because nobody's ever talked to them about it. I mean, it, it's an investment. I'm, I'm constantly... Uh, Counseling people on how to be a real estate investor. That's funny. That's their I, I first went, house. I went on a listing appointment two years ago, and I talked to the owner and convinced her that, it, in my opinion, it was better for her to lease the property instead of selling it in the market that they were in. And we leased the property for a couple of years, and here it is two years later. I'm in escrow with her due to sure. close in about three weeks. So I was the guy that was honest enough to say it's not in your best interest to sell your property, or maybe it's not in your best interest. And nobody had been that honest with her. She looked at me and said, how come no one else has suggested I lease my space? Well, we have something in this business called commission breath, and I think people can smell it. <laughs> if, you're going after, if you're not going after what's really right for the person in the relationship, and this is a long-term thing. I'm going to be selling real estate as far as I'm concerned until I'm in my 80s. 
you've, you've got to do the right thing. And See, I'm going to have invested so much that by the time I'm that old, I'm going to be laying on the beach somewhere. But <laughs> you can keep working. <laughs> I, I'm hyper. I need to keep active. I can't. I don't know if I could settle down and stop. So, hey, we're on the... <laughs> Bruce, thanks for, thanks Thank for being on the show. You're on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we're going to be back with Bruce Side one of these days, probably in a few weeks. And thanks for listening. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.